Welcome to Eat, Capture, Share, the podcast for food bloggers, food lovers, and everyone in between. My name is Kimberly. I'm your host. Episode 30. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Eat, Capture, Share podcast. My name is Kimberly. I'm the food photographer and food blogger behind The Little Plantation and podcaster here at Eat, Capture, Share. As always, super excited and honored that you're tuning in and listening. Really, really grateful that you've chosen to listen to this podcast. If you're a returning guest, welcome. So excited that you're here. And if you're brand new, welcome too. If you're brand new, what I would say is normally I do a lot of interviews or coaching sessions. Those are my normal eCapture Share podcast, you know, my my format really. But today is a solo episode and it is actually part two of a series that I'm calling How to Write a Book. Part one was episode 19, which I will link to in the show notes. And actually what I would recommend if you've not listened to part one, so if you've not listened to episode 19, I suggest download this episode, save it, then listen to episode 19, which is part one of how to write a book, and then come back to this episode. It'll make more sense within the context of part one. So that just to start off with. I wanted to remind those of you who have listened to episode one of how to write a book, what it's all about, and then tell you a little bit more about what's going to happen today. So as many of you know, I'm in the middle of writing my book. It's a book about food photography and food styling. And I really wanted to take you guys on the writing journey with me. For one, because I know for a fact that many of you listening dream of writing a book. So my hope with this episode or with these sort of series of episodes is that it'll light a fire in your belly, that it'll get you excited to start writing your book and also just prepare you and give you as much food for thought and information tools in your toolbox to help you make that dream of writing a book a reality. So that was part of my hope and wish for this, you know, these these couple of episodes that I'm doing around writing a book. The second part really is that the book I'm writing is for you. It is for you. I'm writing this for you. And so keeping it a secret just didn't make sense. I want you to be part of the process because the end result is as much my baby as it is going to be your baby, I hope. And so that was the other thinking behind doing this this episode or these sets of episodes is to show you behind the scenes and get you excited about the book and allow you and enable you to feel part of the process. I think my final thought around doing these series of podcast episodes around book writing was to allow you to get a really good sense of what it's really like. Because a lot of the times what we get to see is, you know, the toothy grins on Instagram of people holding the finished product, their book, and, you know, how amazing it all is and how many copies they've sold and how wonderful it's a dream come true and all, you know, all of that good stuff. But we don't really get to see what's gone on behind the scenes. And I really wanted to 
to dispel myths by taking you along with me on the journey. So that a little bit to give you some context as to why I'm doing this. So part one was really about my book proposal writing process and the five things I learned through that. And today I want to share five more lessons, five more things that I have learned on my book writing process now that I'm much further along. The first thing I learned, and I will backtrack a little bit into what I talked about in episode one, but I spent the best part of the the first part of 2019 writing my book proposal. So I would say I finished that really in its fleshed out form in June 2019. So I started in January and the book proposal really in the way that I liked it and was happy with it and was confident with the end results. I really only completed in June 2019. So that's six months of really pouring my heart and soul into the book proposal writing process. And what I thought was I would then go out and send the proposal to agents that was the idea, that was the vision, that was the hope. But what I didn't realize, and this is really the very first lesson that I've learned now in this second phase of the writing process, is that every publisher, every agent, everybody has a slightly different submission guideline process. And in fact, many of the agents and agencies that I contacted, they didn't actually even want to see the proposal. What they wanted was a cover letter first. So based on the cover letter, which is a one pager where you outline who you are, what the book is about, based on that, they then invite you to send through your proposal. So I spent six months writing this, you know, incredible proposal, only then to find that about 50, if not more, 60% of the agents that I wanted to approach wouldn't even look at it unless I did a covering letter. So my lesson really was one to really look at what the submission guidelines are for each and every agent, and then two, to write a killer cover letter. With that, I have prepared a little PDF that outlines some of the things that you should include in your cover letter, and it is a very broad outline. So every agent is going to be a little bit different, but it gives you a good sense. And the reason I feel confident about sharing it with you in this format is that I did have quite a few agents contact me and say, you know, this sounds really interesting. Send us your proposal. So I do know that I got that letter right. And so I'm going to attach that to this episode. So if you head to the show notes for this episode, you'll find a link um, to signing up to the mailing list. And when you sign up, you'll get that PDF of how to structure your pitch letter, as it were, your cover letter into your inbox. Now, if you're already on the mailing list, then you don't have to sign up again. The pitch letter, the PDF will be waiting for you inside the creative community, the eCapture Share creative community on Facebook, which you're free to join as a mailing list subscriber. But also most likely I will have sent it to you this week or last week via email. So do check your email to see if it's there, if that's something that you're interested in. So yes, lesson number one is to check submission guidelines and 
two, to be sure that you've got a really, really good and strong cover letter that allows you to then share your hard work, your beautiful proposal. The second lesson I learned is that finding the right agent is much more complicated than I had anticipated. The agents that I looked at or the agencies that I looked at, all of them have been either U.S., or UK based. So I have to just flag that because I know a lot of you are all over the world. And so I cannot speak about agents in India or Australia. I don't quite know how it works, but here in the UK, and I definitely know in the US, you have to pitch to one particular agent. So there may be an agency, a literary agency with 10 different agents. You really have to take time to read through the bio of each and every agent to make sure that they represent people like you who write books like the ones that you're hoping to write. So that takes a heck of a lot of time, way more time than I had anticipated. I would say I really took me about two weeks. And of course, it's not, you know, from nine to five sitting there reading bios, but, you know, dipping in and out definitely took me about two weeks to get my shortlist together of people that I wanted to pitch to, you then have to actually check whether they're open to being pitched. So sometimes they close themselves off. So you can send even a cover letter through and you've got to respect that if they're full, they don't have the time or they're just not looking to represent anybody new, then, you know, even if you feel that the right agent for you, you can pitch them. So do take some time to read through all the different agents and to be sure that you're sending your cover letter, your pitch letter to the right agent because finding and working with the right agent is really, really important. That of course begs the question, how do you find the right agent? But also, should you even use an agent? Like what is the benefit of using an agent versus going directly to a publishing house? The right agent I guess is really somebody who is passionate about the subject that you're writing about. So if you're writing a book about African cooking, for example, then it would really make sense to work with somebody who's passionate about that cuisine and or somebody who has worked on really beautiful cookbooks that you love. And so what you can do is just flick through the acknowledgement section at the back of your most favorite cookbooks and see who the author mentions as their agent then check them out on the internet and then go from there. I definitely felt going into this process that I wanted an agent. And there were two reasons for that. One is I wanted somebody to validate my idea and somebody to say, you're on the right track. To have somebody in my corner, somebody who would fight my corner as I enter the world of publishing because it's a new world for me and I don't know my way around it because I've never been in that world except from you know as an assistant or photographer or whatever in the background but not as the author so I don't know how that world operates and I don't know how to navigate within that world so having an agent by my side I felt was really the right way forward but more importantly A lot of the bigger publishing companies, the publishing houses, they do not accept unsolicited manuscripts or 
book proposals. So you can even get a foot in the door if you don't have an agent. The smaller ones are much more flexible, much more open, but Penguin Random House from off the top of my head they don't really accept unsolicited manuscripts so if you don't have an agent it limits which publishers you'll be able to work with of course an agent takes a cut off your you know advance your payment and so there is that to consider but money was never and still is not my driving force so I didn't really care about that if money is your driving force and good for you if it is you know I'm not no judgment from my end whatsoever then maybe not working with an agent may be better just know that there will be implications in terms of which publishing house you'll be able to access and approach and as a side note to make things extra complicated, there is also the argument that actually agents are more able to negotiate a better advance fee for you. So yeah, lots to think about. The third lesson that I've learned, and I'm recording this in October 2019, and my original plan had been to really finish the book by June and then do the shootings over the summer and then have everything done and dusted by September. Of course, it's now October and I'm just, just about to finish writing the very, very last chapter. And so the lesson I learned, lesson number three, is it's going to probably take much much longer than you anticipate. And with that, I have to say I am absolutely shattered. I love writing, but it's kind of like the way I felt actually when I was pregnant. Like I loved being pregnant and I loved carrying my child in my womb. And But by week 39, I was over it. And that's kind of where I am now with the book writing process. Like I love writing. I love putting my thoughts down on paper and pouring my heart down onto the pages and just visualizing that you'll be reading it and that it's going to be helpful for you. But I'm also exhausted and yeah, just writing so long and waking up early and then fitting it in around client work. And in fact, I've not written now for like a whole month because it's been crazy. So yeah, it's it's just taking so much longer than I anticipated. And I know I'm really only at halfway point. I know I'm just at halfway point. There's just still so much to do that I feel really, really overwhelmed, actually. So yeah, that <laughs> there is that. So just block out a year. And if you don't need it, good for you. But chances are, if you're a busy mama like me, or you're working full time, you might need more time than you could ever imagine. And so that has been a real eye opener. This is definitely the biggest project, the biggest thing I have ever done. So yes, just a word of caution, it may take a whole lot longer than you would anticipate. Lesson number four, and this is really one that is huge for me right now. None of the agents that I approached have said yes. So I have been rejected, gosh, I don't even know, maybe like 10 times, 12 times, maybe even more, 15 times. I don't know. You know, every time you get a rejection, it's like a punch in the stomach and you're just like, oh my God. 
Like, do I do I really want to do this? Am I sure about this? Like, it is soul destroying. So, you know, it's really important to keep your eye on why you're doing this. And I think if I didn't have a really clear cut why, it would have been really easy to, yeah, to pull out, to pull the plug, to delete episode 19 and to not air this one and just pretend like it never happened. Or So really having a why you're doing this and keeping your eye on your end goal is super important. And it's been super important for me because as the project has dragged on and I'm exhausted and I've had more rejections than I even know, and it's been really upsetting just knowing why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because this book has to be born. I'm doing this because I know it's going to be so helpful for you. And I know that it's my calling to put this book out into the world. But yeah, if I didn't have that clear focus, that clear end goal, that real clear why, it would have been super easy to throw in the towel. I have a funny feeling that for many of you, you'll be quite surprised to hear that I don't have a book deal. And I say yet because what I have decided to do as none of the agents felt able to represent me, I have approached a couple of publishers directly and I'm still awaiting their feedback. So it's just a really long process. Some take up to three or six months to get back to you. I think the average is six to 12 weeks. But seeing that I send it to agents first, had to wait three three months. And now I'm approaching some publishers directly. You know, it's it's a long waiting game. But I wanted to say, I know that a lot of you are going to be surprised to hear that none of the agents said yes. So I definitely wanted to feedback to you as to the feedback that I got and how I've used that. So most of them have come back to say that the proposal was incredible. It was beautiful. One of the best they've ever seen, which was great. But they also all felt that there wasn't a market for the book. So what that means is that they didn't feel there were enough people interested in buying a book about food photography and food styling. And I know they are wrong because you're here and also because I know a couple of my colleagues have released ebooks around food photography and styling and have sold many, many more copies than, you know, book on beer fermenting or something like that, that I saw on the shelves the other day. So it's done a couple of things for me. One is it's made me realize that potentially the traditional route just isn't quite ready for a book like mine. And I also think that agents and also traditional publishing houses underestimate the power of social media and underestimate trends that are set on social media and food photography and styling as a hobby is a thing. And I just don't think they have cottoned on quite yet. I also know that a lot of the agents that I approached came back to me and said, we don't believe that there's a market for this book, but if you want to write a cookbook, please get in touch. And I know I will eventually write a cookbook. It's just not the book I'm called to write 
right now. I know that in my heart. But what that showed to me was that they just want to go down this tried and tested path because cookbooks sell really, really well. So if you're wanting to write a cookbook, please know that your chances of being accepted are much, much higher than are mine because I'm writing about a niche subject, which is much less tried and tested. So I don't want you to be discouraged and be like, oh my God, Kimberly's got 75,000 plus Instagram followers and she can't get a cookbook deal. I have less than 10,000. It's not going to happen for me. No, please don't think like that. Like it's really to do with a subject matter. So don't be discouraged. The other thing, you know, when you're in the moment, when you're in something, like again, let's use the example of pregnancy. Like when you're pregnant, it's like everybody's pregnant. You see pregnant people everywhere. And on that note, now that I'm writing my book, I don't know how many podcasts I've listened to where people were like, I got rejected. Nobody wanted my book. And now it's a bestseller. And so I've heard so many podcasts along those veins. And even my husband was like, you know, that Charles Darwin, nobody wanted to publish his book. And, you know, to this day, his book on the evolution of the species and origin of the species is, it's one of those timeless, incredible books. And imagine if it hadn't been published, if it hadn't been born and brought into the world. So, you know, it is what it is. And I'm going to wait to see what happens, but if not, I'm going to be moving towards self-publishing. So when I do a part three, you will find out whether I have a traditional publisher or whether I'm self-publishing. And that actually leads me very nicely into the very last lesson that I have been able to learn now as I'm in the thick of it in this middle phase this horrible phase and I so want to get to the third phase which is the toothy grin holding my book crying on Instagram stories and saying it's here I'm not there yet I'm very much in the thick and the throes of the middle phase but what I have come to realize regardless of whether I go the traditional route or whether I self-publish marketing my book really starts now and in part this podcast episode is part of a marketing plan i need to let people for who the book is being written know that it's coming I mean, I know some people who keep their book writing under wraps and then release it out into the world as a finished product and then start marketing. I'm sure if you have a huge audience or you've got a book that covers a topic that is super, super popular, then that might work. But I think, you know, I just always like to dot my I's and cross my T's. And I really strongly believe that marketing through the process as you approach the publishing date is really important. I've also really watched some big names and watched them really, really closely and kept a really close eye on their marketing strategy. And so like people like Marie Forleo or even Rachel Hollis, like they've done so much in the pre-release stage. I've taken a lot of inspiration from that but also the research that I've done, just a lot of it indicates that marketing really starts 
from day dot. And so building marketing into the process from the very, very start is super important. And so, yeah, that's part of why I'm doing this podcast episode as well. But I'm also already thinking about how I'm going to market the book once it's out there. So extra bonuses or extra things that you'll get if you pre-order and preparing that work and writing those pdfs or recording those extra lessons you'll get or whatever it is that i decide to have as my extra all of those things need to be thought about and considered and planned out and made written prepped really starting now so if you are thinking about writing a book when you get to that middle phase create a space and time to think through your marketing plan So yes, those are my five lessons that I've learned here in this middle phase. I definitely hope to do another podcast episode where I'm talking about the end phase and the last bits that I've learned around actually printing and publishing the book and, you know, bringing it into the world. But this is where I'm at. It's, I don't know what I'm sounding like in your ears, but I can tell you I'm really exhausted and It's been really, really hard going. And I think, again, if I didn't have a strong why and if I didn't have such a strong connection to you, it would have been so, so easy to give up. And definitely I've thought about doing that a couple of times, but sticking with it. And I cannot wait to record part three of this process. I hope this is helpful. And also I wanted to say just a huge, huge, huge thank you. I know I can feel that so many of you are rooting for me. Thank you so much for your DMs and your comments. And there was just so much I wanted to say because I know lots of you have been like, when's your book coming? And which publisher are you with? And I didn't want to be secretive because for me, everything's out there on the table. I've got nothing to hide. And this is just the reality. I, I, yeah, it's just the reality. I don't feel any sort of shame or anything. Like I don't want to share every little bit with you. I want to share every little bit with you, but there was just so much to say that I really wanted to do it in this podcast episode to give you the full, the full width and length of the process and to give you a glimpse into what it's been like for me. Right. That is it. I am super excited to get your reaction to this podcast episode. Did you enjoy it? Was it helpful? Do you have any other questions? Anything that you'd like me to address in part three of the how to write a book podcast episode, but also come and stop by my DM, come and say hi, share the podcast on Instagram stories. Honestly, it just like I get little butterflies in my tummy. And then I get a big smile on my face because it means so, so much. Right. I'm going to leave you with my outro and I'll be back same time, same place next week. Before I leave you, I wanted to say thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I also wanted to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by my free creative community, the Eat, Capture, Share creative community on Facebook, formerly known as the Food Photo Insta creative community, and I'd love for you to join. I will pop the details on how you can join my creative community in the show notes, so do go and check it out. 
Also, if you enjoy the podcast, it means so much if you can rate, review, and subscribe. All those things will help the podcast to grow and to reach the right audience. And yeah, you'd kind of make my day. All right. See you soon. Take care. Bye.